and neighbors and loved ones, and welcome to the Boy Hottie Podcast, a podcast in which we discuss the various pop culture issues of the day. As always, I am your humble host, Annie. I'm Bill. We're recording from the uh, show floor at PAX. This, it's really quiet on Sunday morning. Yeah, you know, it's strange. Oof. If you get in at the right time, it's just quiet. There are no lines. Yeah, we're actually sitting in the middle of Nintendo's booth right now. I mean, no one yeah. showed up for the rest of the other other couple days, too, so it's been this quiet all weekend because, you know, Nintendo. Yeah, we just have it. our computer setting on one of the demo models of the Wii U, and, like, no one even notices. It's fine. Yeah, it's a fucking ghost town. <laughs> anyway, uh, man, this is the... Let's see, we... we, we I attended PAX last year... Did not attend this year because I had such... I, my PAX last year was a good experience, but all the garbage around PAX is very upsetting. Man, PAX so. ended badly last year. We both had a yeah. good PAX last year, but last year like was the year that, like, right before the convention ended, uh, Mike did his little, you know, had his little freak out and really just, like, fucking... Oh, man, that was... Yeah. Man, everyone on the train going home, everything was just like, well, I guess, okay, well, I guess we'll all go home. This was kind of a real fucking wet blanket, but... Yeah, and I and I have to say I miss packs. I do. Yeah, but I just can't give those bitches my money anymore. Oh, you think so. you're giving up permanently? I think. Yeah. I don't know if I'll ever go back. Last year, I was I I had pretty much officially permanently written it off. Um, the fact that Mike has gone this long this year without saying anything stupid is kind of, it's I don't I don't know, but it's. No. The thing is, is that I do believe those dudes have the capacity to be better. Oh, I yeah, really me do. too, but I don't know. But it's just, I don't know. And it, between that and also just the expense and the issue of even getting into packs. Well, there's definitely no reason to go this year because there's not really that much coming out this If you're just worried about going out and playing, like, game demos, which is kind of the least interesting part of packs. Uh, the best part of PAX is going to see the panels and actually just meeting other people that you otherwise wouldn't. Eh, just like any convention. Just like a comic yeah. book convention. It's actually just yeah. hanging out with other people you otherwise wouldn't have an excuse to hang out with in the flesh. Um, and, you know, that's going to happen re- every year regardless of what games are, are available or what. But yeah, uh, but yeah, it seems like uh, front of the podcast, Conley's having a good time out there. Yeah. Fuck her. I love you, Conley. <laughs> I was yeah. watching uh, the Grim Fandango stream, and they got to the crowd a couple no. of times, and there were Jimmy and Conley front row center. I totally missed I was playing Diablo while uh, listening to, the, to, to that uh, that panel yesterday. Man, that seems like pretty cool. I've never... Actually, watching that the footage from Grim Fandango from that panel yesterday was the most Grim Fandango I've ever actually been exposed to. I'll be curious to see your reaction to Grim Fandango when you finally get to play it, because yeah. it was very important to me and I enjoy it quite a bit and it's quite it's quite an important game to me but I still even at the time I like the, it has some it has some flaws mm-hmm. as all things do and Are I'll you be talking about from the see... gameplay like a game design like built into something like it's not just from like the controllers or anything like that but are you saying there's like more fucked up as I recall and it's been a while it kind of has some pacing issues okay. And there are some weird puzzles in there, so I'll be curious to see your reaction to it. Well, the thing is, too, I'm, I'm kind of going in there with a grain of salt, too, because I thought originally thought this was going to be an HD remake. It's not even that; it's just a remaster. Where yeah. it's it's they're not re, they're not creating any any new assets or anything like that. They're just it's really just taking the old game and just just yeah. throwing in some new HD textures and stuff like that. Well, I mean, they are kind of like the controls are going to be analog controls or touchscreen controls if you happen to be playing on a pad and stuff, but. Yeah, I, 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 yeah, I, I can't go in there expecting to have like a sheen and polish of, of like if they had made a game, if they yeah. had made a brand new, or if they had actually rebuilt it from the ground up, which they didn't do. So, which is nice because I didn't realize they actually had the um, the Broken Age team working on the game, uh, which is good. So I'm glad to see those guys have something to do when I presumably they're not working on the second episode of Broken Age. Which when the fuck is that coming out? <laughs> come on, that's been oh, already six months. Oh, um, Bill! Oh, come on! <laughs> I mean, they have the engine built. I'm not saying it's hey, super easy, but come Bill, on. How long have you had your Nintendo book written? Just draw it already. Yeah, but they got... But I didn't have a Kickstarter for my Nintendo book where it was, like, you know, funded triple times. Well, I'm just saying, that game came out six months ago, and if yes. it's coming out by the end of the year, we're getting up to the point where they need to say something about when that's coming out, if it's if that second half is going to be out any time within 2014, is all I'm saying. I'm so. just saying making shit is hard. Oh, yeah. And I'm the... I am the last person to ever go, TikTok, motherfucker, where's my part two? <laughs> no, but it's getting the point. I'm actually, like, I forgot Broken Age had come out this year. So when it, I saw, I just got thinking about that game uh, the, this the, this week, and I was like, oh, shit, that, right, that, that was, like, earlier this year, even though that it feels like that game came out, like, a year ago. Yeah. Um, just because, 
Well, yeah, I don't know, but whatever. Anyway, so, I had a pretty good week. Uh, I uh, I didn't do much gaming this week, since gaming has still been, uh, the gaming community has still been rather poisonous this week. I've not been, uh, uh, I haven't really been playing anything, but I really wanted to, I, I missed gaming. I missed, actually, the pleasure of gaming and not the bullshit surrounding gaming. Yeah. So I was like, I need kind of a light and fluffy and fun game. And coincidentally, Foley and I had bought the uh, the Lego movie, The Game, for our little friend Noah, our little six-year-old bro, to come over and play. Was this what you were playing before? Because I thought you were talking about Lego Game, like, last week or the week before last. Yeah. I've okay. been playing it a little bit. Oh, you actually did wife... manage to sneak in Lego conversation, because right before we started recording, I was pointing out how last week was the last, the first podcast in about six months where we hadn't actually even mentioned the word Lego. Yeah. Yeah, anyway, go ahead. But anyway, so yeah, we Foley and I have been playing the Lego movie game, and you know what? Those games are pretty much fundamentally unchanged from the first, like, the first Lego game I played, but they're still just kind of soothing and reassuring yeah. and pleasant. And, Is it still know... made by Traveler's Tales? Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. So it's that, that same formula, except it's, yeah, okay. Exactly. It was just, you know, it's just kind of like, ha. Ah. It was the dollop of just simple, fun gaming. They have co op in the needed. game? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Just like all. Oh, just, just like, like all the games. Have. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, who are you always automatically playing as Evan, or can you actually play as other characters? Uh, it, 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 when you're, before you unlock free play, mm -hmm. you're usually playing Emmett and then one of the other core characters. So, like, Wildstar or Batman or Vitruvius or, um, Unikitty. Nah, I play the fuck out of Unikitty. Uh, yeah, so, but we've, you know, we're far enough in it. We, we beat it. And now we're just fucking around and unlocking shit. So now we have, like, everyone unlocked and it's just... Uh, Is there, like, just... a free roaming? Can you, just, like, build stuff or anything like that? Or is there some kind of, like... I know, I know those games where you're always, like, running around, like, like, I don't know if there's, like, some extra mode, because I remember, was it, I thought there was a Lego game that came out where you could, like, that there had, maybe I'm thinking, like, the Toy Story game, where they had an extra mode where you could kind of build stuff, and it wasn't, like, a platformer. Maybe I'm thinking of the wrong There was thing. a Lego MMO where, you, where the whole thing was around building. Yeah, hey, that's what I'm thinking of. Um, yeah. And I don't know if the Lego City game for the Wii U had any Because it would be interesting if you had a Lego game where uh, it would, I mean, you'd, you'd, this would be an, almost in the, a whole game of itself, but if you can kind of create like three-dimensional like in-game environments or like, well, not even environments, but just things by like, like uh, if you're unhinged from the, from the physics of reality, if you could actually like just, just build Lego stuff in, in a game... That would Bill, actually be kind of a cool mechanic. Have I got a game for you? It's called Minecraft. <laughs> I know, I know, I know, I know. So. <laughs> no, but I mean, obviously, like, like, like Minecraft is just like cool. an obvious, yeah. obvious sort of conclusion. Yeah. Um, you know what? I'm actually kind of surprised. If you're Lego, how are you not thinking about how do we just not make a Minecraft knockoff that is just Lego? First person, you're walking around, you're taking pieces from over here, putting pieces over here. Huh. Because that That's what the Lego MMO should have been. That, well, that shit costs money, son. Yeah, you <laughs> Lego money. Why do that when you've got this perfectly fine cash cow over here? It's just, you know. They're, they're charging $200 for the Parisian <laughs> yes, for the Parisian restaurant. They they're not allowed to make you an open world <laughs> sandbox MMO. Literally. They're that's not allowed to mean. cry, poor Richard. That's <laughs> all I'm saying. Come on. Uh, no, I'm not saying they don't have the money to do it. I'm yeah. just saying is that why dump hundreds of thousands and millions of dollars yeah. in development in a sand world in a sandbox game when your your other games are although if you're already making a lego mmo you're already like dumping a lot of money into that anyway but yeah i think they actually like pulled the plug on their I, oh no I'm yeah, totally I, I think, well head. i think the lego mmo was designed even before minecraft may even come out so who the fuck yeah. knows yeah so what i'm saying is they tried to do that to some degree once it yeah. failed dramatically guess what they're not gonna do again yeah Throw that oh, out there. Glad you're having a good time, though. Anyway, Lego movie, uh, Lego movie, the game does it is have, ridiculous. Does it have the song? Uh, it does have everything is awesome. One thing that's really funny is that, like most licensed games, they use uh, for all the cutscenes and all the narrative interstitials, they're all clips from the movie. But one thing that's really kind of funny and jarring is that they don't use Mark Mothersbaugh's music. Really. In the game. Yeah, they don't have the license to the orchestration. They have, like, two what? songs from the movie. How do you not have... They have... <laughs> okay. They have um, Everything is Awesome, and <coughs> they have uh, one other song. Is it I just guy remember. playing a flute in the background instead now? It's it's just weird, because it's just the Lego movie game music oh, is really what weird. they use yeah. in it. 
and in its place. And it's it's one of those things where it's interesting how much it kind of undermines a dramatic moment or yeah. even a funny moment to have the wrong music in it. So huh. that's an interesting thing. So you're but, but you're saying there's cutscenes. It's just like uh, just like essentially just a clip from like the DVD just inserted in between. Yeah. Gameplay moments? That's really weird. What's interesting is that the, uh, so, because I'm playing it on PS4, you can live stream that shit, and whenever they come across, they play a, um, a cutscene, there's a notification that comes up that says, hey, your broadcast is paused because restricted content is being Oh my god, right that is fucked yeah. up. It's bizarre. Oh, Jesus Christ. Anyway. Anyway. But, yeah. having said Which that, especially like, because... Game, but uh, so much of the the joy from the other Lego games is actually kind of seeing like you know Star Wars Legos or Harry Potter and stuff. Uh, the cutscenes are like scenes from the movies reenacted in Lego. In mine, oh. it'd be kind of funny to see like and granted you know it'd be kind of funny a, to it's see a Lego an movie. engine. But that's what I was saying. You wouldn't take that much to do in engine reenactments of shit like from the movies. Dude. Do they actually have the actual voices of the celebrities inside the game when you're actually running around? For the most part, they do oh, okay. have Will Ferrell, they do have Chris Pratt, I'm pretty okay. sure it's Elizabeth Banks, and they have some, like, some of the barks are done by sound-alikes. Oh, okay. Um, like, they didn't have Morgan Freeman in the booth going, ugh, 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 <laughs> you know, that shit. Yeah. But, um, Although, playing a game where you're playing as a Chris Pratt-voiced Lego person sounds kind of fun just by itself. It's, you know what, it's a, it's a Lego game. Yeah. But it's, it was kind of the dollop of sweetness that I needed. So, yeah. thank you, Traveler's Tales. Thank you. Very cool. Bill, tell me about your experience playing Diablo 3. Diablo 3 is just a Lego movie, except uh, it takes itself way too seriously. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's a, co- that's a co-op game where you're smashing stuff. Man, so Foley and I got downloaded the demo for the PS3 version or Xbox version or something. And we played oh, it together. A demo? And, oh, okay. Yeah. We had a good time, but I tell you what, I got what I needed from that demo. Okay. Like, we didn't even finish the demo. What are you <laughs> talking about? You're the one who volunteered that, like, you might buy the Diablo game a couple weeks ago or months ago. And then on I, Twitter, when I was, like, offering to lend it to you, you were like, man, Lego is not my speed. I'm like, what the hell happened so Do quickly? you not remember that on this very... Yes, I did long ago say <laughs> that I had pre-ordered Diablo. Your memory is dislicted. And then I said more recently, I canceled it because I realized Diablo is not my jam. Yeah. And we had talked about it like did we a week about or this? two ago. Forgot about this. And you and I, you said, "Hey, Diablo's coming out," and I said, "It's not my thing." <laughs> I said on this podcast, I don't remember this at all. Oh, I think you're Bill. making this up. Anyway, so wait, so it, uh, could you do coach kind uh, of uh, coach couch co-op? Couch co-op. I can't say yes. that. Couch co-op. You could do that in the demo. Yeah. Okay. Because yeah. I wasn't even quite sure if you could do that in because there's online co-op. Um, I the only reason I know that is because I. Uh, Joshin was playing my copy, and I guess uh, Jacob, I, he dare him, just dropped into while well, Joshin was playing, and and there was some kind of confusion about what was going on, but um, but yeah, I don't... yeah, there's um, there's couch co-op. It's it, you know, Diablo is fun for about fifteen minutes. It's worth it just to hear Decker Kane band Diablo. You have to go kill Diablo. <laughs> no, uh, it's it, it is a fun mindless. Uh, Smash them up, though. Oh, yeah. And, like, it's the sort of thing where if, if Foley and I were to play together for a while, we'd have fun, but it's not anything that I enjoy playing by myself. See, I just... Or it's not anything I really enjoy... Because it's, like, with with my wife, it's, like, a bonding gaming thing with my wife. Yeah. And, but it's not really I anything be, I'm interested in I, I would have thought that game, game would have again. been at least uh, fully speed, because you are you can be kind of a big brute. You can be a guy or a lady. Um, what what character classes did you play it's as in the demo? point is the thing like there is no meaning to it other than obtain more loot so you can smash things more effectively so you can attain more well, exactly loot. yeah no it's a total circle that way yeah that's and yeah, that's just not loot. that's which is funny because you and i we have played was a boulders gate 2 which is the exact same game and we had a yes, great time because with i was sitting in your living room and we were hanging out chilling yeah. it was like a socialization thing it wasn't just that was the gameplay like playing that just for a gameplay no, but perspective I'm saying you were playing with Foley though on your couch so it shouldn't have been that much of a different experience and we enjoyed it for like 15 minutes <laughs> and then we stopped playing and it's okay to say that you've grown out of uh third person smash em ups from like 1995 
Also, as silly as it sounds, like, the thing, I do feel like there's a difference between Baldur's Gate and um, Diablo. Because Baldur's Gate, I feel more like, is, like, a ridiculous D&D module, whereas, um, and we are, of course, discussing Baldur's Gate Dark Alliance here. Oh, okay. For a console. Is that Baldur's Gate 2, or is that just... We've had this discussion many times. (laughs) Dark, when we say Baldur's Gate, the majority of people are thinking... Oh, Baldur's Gate, the classic computer RPG with a deep, engaging narrative that uh, really helped reshape Bioware. So, Dark no. Alliance is like the console exclusive or something? It's it. Yes, oh, it okay. is like a weird spinoff of. That's like if we were talking about the weird Fallout game that was made using the ball, the Dark Alliance engine, and called that Fallout. Oh, okay. Like that's okay. just. It's not, people would not compute, but, um, Whatever Baldur's that was, Gate that game that was, whatever you and I played, like, that summer, yeah. Dark Alliance is, uh, uh was more like a and d module, where it was a self-contained little adventure, and you could replay it for more loot and everything like that, but there was even the flimsiest narrative to it, and I was able to enjoy that, as opposed to Diablo 3 has a little too much of a feeling of... The infinite, endless griming, yeah. grinding that does, does not... It's okay to call much. it griming, because that's even more... Ed- <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I can see the enjoyment of it, and it could totally feed into my addiction centers, but it's the sort of thing where I look at it and I go, oh, this could absolutely feed into my addiction centers. Well, that's, I don't well, I didn't think about that. It's it. funny, because this is the second time I've actually played the game, because I, I, I've talked about this on the podcast before, but I, I bought the the Mac version when the, when, when it first came out on, on, on for computers. when we, The game first came out, like, two years ago, and so this is the second time i've played the game and i forgot how even the first time i played the game there are entire like gameplay systems that i completely never even tried to figure out like there's a whole crafting system which mm-hmm. was just too deep for me to understand and i'm running into that again with the console version where i'm just like i don't know what this is and i think i'm just gonna ignore it and just in favor of smashing things and i'll just assume that whatever i get out of boxes and out of uh, smashing skeletons will be enough for me and i don't have to worry about the crafting stuff too much but uh, but yeah, it's funny how I'm kind of like intentionally dumbing it down for myself, just so I don't even have to worry about like, you know, the stats of stuff. And like, like even when I'm comparing like loot, like I re- there's all this modifiers and shit, like you know, different. Th- I'm just ignoring all that shit. Whatever, whichever damage number is bigger or armor <laughs> number is bigger, I just equip that automatically, and that's that's yeah. all I'm looking at. So I am playing it as 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 stupidly as possible. Well, I'm still having a good time, but yeah, yeah. I it's which is stupid because. Uh, I just dropped 60 bucks on that. Destiny is coming out in less than two weeks, and I'm going to be dropping like 150 bucks on that because I got the big stupid oh, ghost edition coming. But I just I just needed something for the, holding me over for the next two weeks. I just needed a very st- stupid yeah. just action game because I, I still have a backlog. I still have like Shovel Knight and all these other games that I need to finish. I have the Valiant Hearts game. I have uh, with the Child of Light game. But all that stuff is like, I just want something stupid to play. While like watching pack streams, live streams yeah. this weekend, yeah, and that's actually been really fun because I've I've been playing Diablo three with the sound oh, turned almost completely down while watching you know Grim Fandango and all this other stuff on on yeah. the past live. Streams I mean, honestly, that's is kind of what I needed from the Lego Movie like yeah. game. I just kind of well, yeah, very something... passive, but just kind of like mindless but pleasantly fun. mindless. Yeah. Yeah, and you know what? Um, actually, you know, large large part of that is also because of all this the bullshit that's been going on in gaming right now. It's been nice to have a game where you don't have to think about things too much and just you can just kind of mindlessly just like play something without I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Yep. Bullshit. Anyway, what else? <sighs> the other thing I've been doing this week. So really, all I did this week was sleep, work, uh, play the Lego Movie game, and watch more Teen Wolf. Foley and I are now up to the present season of Teen Wolf. Where are you we getting Teen Wolf from? Else. Uh, various and sundry sources. Oh, okay, because I the gave first, you some Teen Wolf, but I wasn't quite the sure. The first yeah. season Bill found for us in a dumpster. Yeah. The second season we actually bought... I can't remember. The third season was half free on Prime, and so we half bought it on Prime. Okay. And now the fourth season we got on iTunes. So we're kind of all over the place. Jesus Christ, yeah. But, uh, the, uh... <laughs> this season on Teen Wolf, we have, so far... So there are werewolves. That's just the status quo. We now have a were fox, a were coyote, a were jaguar, and then I made a joke on Twitter about were nouns and like it's just like a series of were nouns. And then like literally after I made that joke, we watched an episode where we had an honest to god were teen. So what? It's like a thirty so, year old that turns into an eighteen year old. Yeah. 
That's exactly what happened. Wait, what? So what's like... It, there was a lot of backstory to it, but I would just sit here going, are you kidding me? And again, this was, this, I mentioned last time I talked about Teen Wolf that it was alarming to watch an episode with an actual teen on it because all these teens are older. Yeah, exactly. It yeah. was that, it was that same actual teen that they brought back. And I was like, oh. So wait, what? So this person only turns into a teenager again, like on their, like the full moon? Bill, it's the fourth season. I got a lot of backstory is, to explain this to this you. Is this person fighting like a Van Helsing type of guy who only kills teenagers? It's just like an angry guy who's just like with a shotgun trying to shoot kids who get out to step on his lawn. Teen Wolf is kind of interesting because it's a post-Buffy show. Yeah. And it's it's interesting to have... have Jesus have, Christ. Having watched Buffy back in the day yeah. and uh, watching post-Buffy shows that follow there are some shows that kind of wear that influence on their sleeve to some degree mm-hmm, like yeah. um for example lost girl which i also watch did you see me. that's getting canceled no i didn't yeah uh the, it's next batch of episodes i think it's only got like eight episodes left and then it's over there better be a goddamn threesome by the end of that series a foursome if they can swing it yeah. my god Anyway, uh, Teen Wolf is interesting because it's a post-Buffy show that doesn't feel like it's it's far enough apart from Buffy that it doesn't, like, feel like a post-Buffy show. Okay. Like, it feels like, it's, it's sort of like when you have things that, um, the best metaphor I can think of is Star Wars. Star Wars was very much so influenced by all these things that preceded it. And then you have people who grew up on Star Wars, and now that they're, like, they're riffing on these things without even understanding the original context. Yeah. Well, Buffy is old enough now that uh, there's got to be showrunners who are making shows now who, rather than having kind of, like, been just influenced by Buffy, kind of grew up with Buffy, so it's already been part of the fabric of their their kind of culture. So rather than consciously saying, I'm going to make a Buffy thing, they just know that, like, you can do this just because that's what they grew up with now. Yeah. 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 So what you're saying with Star Wars, yeah. Yeah, it's like, it's it's interesting to have something be, have, like, be on the surface. You would think that it's just a Buffy sort of thing, and then you actually watch it, and you're like, this isn't actually very Yeah, it's not a conscious influence, even though, like, yeah, it wouldn't exist if it weren't for this thing, but yeah, exactly, yeah. And, okay. um, but you seem to legitimately like it. It's not just because it's sexy it's dudes fun. or anything like that. You're having a good time oh, no, with no. it. No, it's 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 not. The dudes are so not my jam. Oh, it's really? Not even funny. Uh, is it not? Yeah. I thought they were kind of like beastly hunks and shit in that show. No, no? I mean, it's not really. Uh, it's just... Oh, so it is kind of like willowy wannabe teenage like 25-year-olds? No, but Bill... <laughs> I, 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 Annie, let's talk about sexual uh, preferences Bill, and wants on this I'm podcast. I'm not the, the just like undiscriminating voracious sexual predator you seem to think i am <laughs> i just assume i i, I really I, I i i do have to admit i'm not quite sure what turns you on these days because it all seems <laughs> to be okay. it seems to be i i it kind of arbitrary to me these days so i'm just so okay, whatever yeah it's almost like i can t- well the thing is is that my my whole life i was largely asexual for yeah. various reasons and then I kind of became more in touch with my sexuality, and then I felt a need to consciously voice even casual attraction to things because I had never done that before, and it was important for me to validate that. And now it's just like, oh, I can actually reserve attraction for things and people that I'm actually attracted to. Okay, so you're like, balancing out now a little bit. Yes. So, okay. Anyway, so uh, Teen Wolf is a lot of fun, but where I was going is that uh, we uh, this show is so... Weird. One of the things they do in a that's it, kind of interestingly post Buffy, which again on the surface of it is like, oh, that's so Buffyish, but then you watch it and it's like, wow, not at all. They killed a female character and in her place brought in three other female characters, and we have a female villain. And it's just kind of beaut. It's kind of great the way it's like, oh, wait a minute, now there are three cursory male characters, and really this is kind of like ambient broads everywhere. I'm assuming the Were Fox is a lady, right? She's a, technically a kitsune. Oh, okay. Is she actually I'm Japanese? Being dismissive. Yeah, she's actually a really. Okay, well, I kind of, I'm glad to see they're playing into some kind of like not just Western culture bullshit, but yeah. Well, that's the thing. So season three was split in half. There's season three point one and season three point five that are, for all intents and purposes, two separate seasons. Okay. The second season <laughs> deals with um, uh, some Japanese mythology. There's some, there's you know you got your kitsune, you got some oni demons. And the narrative actually dealt with the Japanese internment camp. Like, that was kind oh, of okay. the... Oh, okay, that's interesting. Okay. Yeah, and it's so... It's kind of cool because... Teen Wolf, but yeah. 
I, well, that's the thing. It's like it's a subject matter that our culture really doesn't engage with. So that was kind of cool, even though it was like in the context of this very dumb show and like a really weak narrative on this very dumb show. Yeah. But the the first episode of season three point B uh, starts with opens with this like this. There's this like Japanese context and also a um, a Mexican werewolf hunter mob. And it was to the point where I kind of sat here and I'm like, are they filling a quota? Like, it's just like, it was a very, this is a very white show. Is there a Canadian werebear? Is there a Canadian werebear? No, we did just, however, get introduced to berserkers in season four that are men wearing bear skeletons. Ooh. So, and it's so funny because they're designed, they're, there's some actual creepy, like the show is an attempt to do a horror show. And they do have some genuinely creepy elements and some some bits that are actually really well handled. But then the rest of it is shot is like the cinematography and the framing and the lighting and the editing is all very TV show. It's genre. Totally... It's it's like yeah, genre television kind of milk toast. Like yeah, yeah there's no real. It's, just... it's no Hannibal or anything like that. Yeah, it's like it's it's the way that Hannibal, even like a casual conversation in Hannibal, is still shot with that kind of heightened tension of their really... To like almost a to a ridiculous sequence. point where it kind of turns into like almost like a Philip Glass like art film or something but like that. But it's yeah. consistent throughout yeah. is my point. Whereas Teen Wolf, you'll have like a really striking, really moodily lit like scene where all where like Lydia is looking at a wall and faces start emerging from the wall screaming in pain and it's actually kind of creepy. <laughs> and then you'll cut to like... But it's the not most... like a Fruit Loops commercial. It's just, it's just, <laughs> it's oh, still it's just... to the afternoon about shit. Yeah, it's not quite. It's just, yeah, it's very strange. <laughs> it's very uh... it also having slammed the whole series over the course of a few weeks, like we have the tonal shifts, like even from season to season, are kind of jarring, so. Wait, what? But... So what season is it? Like you're on fourth season now? Four. Man, that's a lot. That's a lot of Teen Wolf. You know what? If like the show said, gets really, really bad, you need to start calling it Teen Wolf. Ugh. <laughs> uh, we call it Teeny Wolf, the teeniest wolf, uh, the wolf that's teen. Uh, can you call it Peen Wolf? Hey, Bill, <laughs> tell me about new Doctor Who. Well, there aren't a lot of guys on Teen Wolf. Tell me about new Doctor Who, Bill. Uh, man, there's a lot of penises in Doctor Who now. It's really weird. Well, yes, the Daleks are kind of like phallic. Uh, dude, Doctor Who's not very good. The new Doctor's nice, Peter Capaldi. Well, everyone knew Peter Capaldi was going to do uh, He was going to be, yeah. He was going to be a fine doctor. But yeah, the new episode is about like this dinosaur that shows up in the middle of Victorian London and that suddenly gets killed 20 minutes in and there's the, the rest of the episode is not anything, has nothing to do with this dinosaur and these clockwork robots show up and it's just shitty, just fucking terrible ass writing. And it's yeah. just like the plotting, it, it, again, with all the Stephen Moffat stuff where the plotting just doesn't really make sense and it's more about cute, yeah. cute, cutesy little moments rather than anything actually like hanging together and making sense. Uh, it's got Vastra and Jenny, and they actually kiss on screen, which I guess uh, the BBC got six official complaints from viewers as a result of that. Ooh. But the big news was the BBC officially came out and said, it does not, we don't discriminate on, based on gender who kisses who. So that was actually kind of made That's news nice. in England about that, I guess. Was like them very specifically coming out and saying, we're not going to, we're not going to find uh, Doctor Who just because two ladies kissed. Especially when one's a lizard lady, I guess. But which yeah. is funny because the excuse for them kissing there it was this, this situation where all the heroes show up and they're fighting these robots and the robots uh, they only attack things that breathe because they want to destroy all like organic things and I guess the only for some reason they only identify things as being organic as if they breathe. So this is this fight scene where everyone has to fight without breathing and there's a scene where. Um, Jenny, the human lady, she's about to run uh -huh. out of air, and Foster's like, oh, but I can store extra oxygen in my lungs. Kiss me. And so they have this oh. big, long, lingering kiss in the middle of this fight where they're dressed like ninjas where they have just dropped out out of the ceiling. This is in the middle of Victorian London, too. It is goddamn ridiculous, but not necessarily in the, in, in the good way that I think Stephen Moffat thought it was going to be. But, um, yeah, so, yeah. Mm. Doctor Who. Well, while you were Doctor Who in, last night I went to um, Hollywood Theater. I've talked about it in the past. One of my favorite theaters here in Portland. They, in honor of uh, the passing of Lauren Bacall, did a screening of Key Largo. Mm -hmm. 
which I have not seen in a long, long time. There was a period in high school where, no joke, I took a list of movies that I found referenced in uh, the Encarta CD-ROM that I had. <laughs> and I was like, I need to watch these movies. That's actually why I that's watched Blade Runner in Brazil. That's a good excuse to like. Yeah, no, that, that's... Oh, I love uh, Little Annie. I found uh, both in uh, Blade Runner and Brazil listed in a... I think it was listed on a noir, like a noir entry wow, on a card okay. or something like that. So anyway, um, saw Key Largo last night, took the missus to go see it. It was great. They got a 35mm print of it, and it was just a lot of fun. Like, that movie is an interesting movie. It's kind of a brilliant premise. There are some old movies that you watch that are based on stage plays that are, like... They they feel like it in in the way, but there's this, like this great feeling of isolation because they're always trapped on a set or two. The context of Key Largo is um, Humphrey Bogart was the commanding officer for a man named George who died during the war. He got a let. He's now post war. He's kind of drifting and lost, and he's kind of questioning the world because of what he saw during the war and his experiences with it. He gets a letter from the widow of George saying. Please come down to our hotel in Key Largo where um, George's father and I live. We want to know what happened to him. We want to know the real story because we only have this letter from the government. Yeah. We want to know more. So he drifts down to Key Largo. When he gets there during the off season, um, there are these sp- suspicious men and one very sad looking woman in the hotel that tell him the hotel is closed. And that Mr. Temple, George's father, is not here. Uh, you learn that they are gangsters who have bought up the hotel during off-season to basically use it as a base point for their nefarious deeds. And um, it's all about this conflict between uh, Humphrey Bogart, uh, Lauren Bacall, John Barrymore plays George's father, Mm -hmm. and uh, well, John Barrymore being the uh, old man Potter from uh, It's a Wonderful Life. (laughs) So uh, you have this uh, confluence of personalities while this hurricane rages around them. And uh, it's just kind of a great little premise for a movie. And they, they showed it because as a tribute to Lauren Bacall because they said it was the best Bogart and Bacall movie. Mm-hmm. Would you agree? I, I think that it's the best movie that they made together, but it's not the best for Lauren Bacall. Lauren Bacall's performance is great. So when what's, you see, what's your choice for Lauren Bacall then? Uh, I really love to have and have not. Okay. I think that that is such an interesting... If you're going to show a Bogart Bacall movie... You show to have and have not because it's just their relationship is what makes that movie. Yeah. But uh, what's interesting about her, her performance is phenomenal in Key Largo because well, like when she first sees um, Humphrey Bogart, she has this visible hunger in her eyes just because this man is the is the only link she has to her husband. Like her character is so sparingly written but the writing that's there just kind of gives you a very rich idea of who she is and then lauren bacall just brings such an amazing performance to it she's fantastic in that movie but she's you could you could essentially pretty much edit her out and beyond being a galvanizing force to humphrey bogart deciding to be a good dude yeah she's not uh, intrinsic to the plot but she's she's, she's great really window not. dressing She's amazing window dressing. Yeah, she does such a best, good job. If you're getting a window windows. dressing, you get that's 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 the most upscale window cinematic yeah. window dressing you can get. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But it was a really good time. It was really enjoyable. And what's great is that they're actually screening um, in honor of Eli Wallach. They're screening um, the Magnificent Seven in a few weeks. Oh, okay. Which I've actually never seen. I've never seen. That. You know, what? I was just thinking about that right before. <laughs> of all things, I was thinking about that before I went to bed last night because I was thinking about how much uh, uh, the Seven Samurai. Should influence the, the new Star Wars trilogy. That's neither here or there, but it's funny that I was. And it got me thinking about how I've never actually seen the Magnificent Seven though last night because Magnificent yeah, Seven I've being seen, based off the Seven Samurai. But yeah, I've seen the Seven Samurai, and I actually watched it in anticipation of watching the Magnificent oh. Seven because I thought if I'm going to see the Magnificent Seven, I should watch. You should have just tr- jump straight to yeah because Ma- oh. Seven Samurai is a great movie. But man, you have to watch it over the course of like three days and with a lot of patience. It's Woof. it's more interesting than that, it is entertaining. On top of that, again, this is during the the self education movie education of Annie during high school. So I was watching it on my 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 combination TV VCR that was about this big. Wait, what? Seven Samurai? 
Yeah. Oh my god. That's not the way to watch oh. the Seven Samurai. No, because so. that movie's three and a half hours long. I know. There's well, really only about it. an hour's worth of plot in that movie. The rest <laughs> of it is like people just kind of staring at each other or like, you know, footage of rice patties. But yeah. Um, Toshiro Miyafune. Mm. So how when mm. so what what did it look like? How did it look like on the big screen when Bacall first sees Bogey and it suddenly cuts to the footage of the cartoon wolf with the heart beating out of his chest going aruga aruga. <laughs> See the thing. What's really interesting is that she's like I said, she's hungry, but it's not necessarily for Humphrey Bogart. But just out, yeah, I could see she just wants. It's just mm, that it's, life, it's, just that. Yeah, it's, it's not just him as a person, but it's like. Yeah. It's actually really well done, and she manages to do it just through her, how she treats him and her face. Like, it's just, mm -hmm. it's fascinating. You said this it's is based really... off a of play, and I did see yeah. this when I was in Paris, and it was called We Largo. <laughs> Bill, the best part of that was your satisfied look, was your satisfied head cock when you were done. <laughs> Oh, oh, people no. who are not just listening to this podcast don't get the satisfaction of Bill just being so amused by himself. But hey, I just imagine Humphrey Bogart in, like, you know, striped shirt with, like, a little beret, smoking, and, like, <laughs> offering McCall, like, a baguette, and they're both still being, like, just themselves, but, like, you know, like a French cartoon, yeah. Anyway. Hey, everybody! We're gonna take a little break! <laughs> <laughs> and come back for the Geek Week in Review. Time. Hold, which explains a lot of why the, why this whole segment of the podcast is always really kind of weirdly paced. I should actually preface that every time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, Bill notes, "God damn it, pizza cats!" and then has a link to a YouTube. Page. And he has to go check out wedding uh, venues. Otherwise, we would sit down and offer a podcast commentary for every Pizza Hut pizza cat video available <laughs> on their web channel right now. <laughs> Have you seen more than the one commercial I linked to you, Annie? No, I only saw that one. Yeah, no, they've they've done. It's a whole ad campaign in 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 Japan, I guess, right now, where they just have uh, little cats dressed like uh, pizza delivery men. Just uh, there's one where um, there's a one of the pizza pizza cats are I guess supposed to be answering the phone for people, someone ordering delivery. Instead of answering the phone, the cat just comes by and sits on the phone while it's ringing, and that's the whole commercial. <laughs> It's kind of just showing how impractical it would be to have cats as pizza delivery men, essentially, yeah. So. Every time you, you you discuss the pizza cats, my brain always adds samurai to the front of it. Oh, no. That's so it's like your child of the cat. 90s. Uh, oh, man, you know what? I saw somebody doing a live stream of the uh, Super Nintendo Tiny Toons video game this week. Yeah. And it made me very sad because, like, there are all these jokes and stuff inside the game where, like, I've never really seen more than five minutes of Tiny Toons. And, like, I don't get any of these references. Whereas I knew if you were watching this, you'd be like, oh, my God, that's so cute. That's so funny. I played that game. I rented that game religiously from Blockbuster back yeah. in the day. The game is hard as balls. I should send you a link to this, the, the playthrough because he beats it in about 45 minutes. I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure. Uh, the GamerX con gaming convention is returning as GX Everyone Games with Kickstarter funding the next convention for the fall of 2015 in the Bay Area. They're almost at sixty thousand of their eighty thousand goal with three weeks left to go. Yeah, I like this. I is, really, yeah, this. Is, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I'm bummed out because they were thinking about alternate venues because the Bay Area is so expensive. Yeah, I saw a part of their Kickstarter. They actually apologized to people for uh, for having it take place in the Bay Area again. Yeah, because they were talking about doing it in Portland pretty seriously. Oh, really? And I was like, please. So, wait, what's the problem? It's just that, like, whatever money they have just doesn't go very far. They always end up getting stuck in very tiny venues in Well, Bay Area? no. The, um, I know that last year they had a lot of bullshit with their... Um, in fact, the reason why I think they're doing the Kickstarter is that they were... The only way they're able... Because they're still in debt for GamerX. Uh, Gamer oh, that's right. I forgot about that. Yeah. So they're trying to do this to get out of the hole for uh, GamerX 2. Bless them. So, mm. yeah, I need to throw some dollars at them. I'd like to go. I regret not going this year. Yeah, so um, they actually have a list of people who have donated $3,000 or more to the campaign so far. And one of the one of the first uh, donators was Fulbright, which is very cool. Um, yeah. And I saw that, like, even Blizzard dropped $10,000. 
Yeah, so it's very cool. I it's I cool. feel even better for <laughs> for double dipping on Diablo three if if those guys are gonna drop ten thousand bucks on goddamn game works. But no, I'm seriously glad that they're coming back. It's not like that convention was dead and gone. But especially I like, I like this rebranding rather than just specifically just calling it Gamer X. Now it's pretty much it's not specifically uh, gay. Or it's not sexually oriented. Now it's just like if you just feel alienated by mainstream gaming altogether, this is yeah, yeah. just the convention for you. So which is it's a it's a beautiful thing. Yeah, so it's definitely, yeah. more power to them. I gotta see if I can get down to that one this year. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, you got notes. a whole year to play. Maybe that'll be your honeymoon. <laughs> what? It'll be like Bill, a fall after my you get married. Honeymoon- is a gaming convention? <laughs> no, we well, got to San Francisco. You do other stuff. Shoot you go see me. the whales from Star Trek Four. No, we ain't driving south, motherfucker. We're driving <laughs> east. Well, okay, okay. You're gonna go see. You're gonna go see everyone in Chicago. That's yeah, right. actually, you can you can drive to Chicago, see Steve, go up to uh, Canada, see the other Steve. It'll be the mm-hmm. Steve trip. Yeah, <laughs> Steve honeymoon, a Stevie moon. Yeah, I'm okay yeah, with that. Stevie moon. Uh, Animal Crossing characters is DLC for Mario Kart, but not until next May. God. Ah. Okay, so this is, yeah, they, they, they announced for the first time that there's going to be DLC for a Mario Kart game. No, actually, they had actually announced it, like, earlier this summer there's going to be DLC for Mario Kart 8, which is the first DLC ever, where they announced that you would get a free, like, Mercedes Kart. They, Nintendo mm-hmm. announced, like, a marketing deal that, like, where you could, like, yeah, they, they were, you'd have a cart that was essentially a little Mercedes car, but in, like, car, in cart form. But this is the second batch of stuff. Uh, there's, like, technically, there's going to be two big batches of DLC for Mario Kart 8. The first one comes out this fall, which is, uh, you can uh, race as Zelda characters. Mm-hmm. Uh, Link is, like, on a, like, Triforce-labeled motorbike, <laughs> which looks extra oh, ridiculous. Seriously? But the second one is the one I care about. Yeah, next May, you can race as Isabelle from uh, Animal Crossing, you know, little yellow dog. Or you can mm-hmm. race as any of the villagers. And I'm just like, oh my god, it just is like... Wah! Well, everyone is also freaking about... Too, this opens the door for Mario Kart rather than just being about Mario Kart characters. Or about yeah. Mario characters. It be Like, now, in the future, the Mario Kart probably now just be... Essentially be Nintendo Kart, where, like, you could have, like, yeah. all the Nintendo... You'll probably have Kirby Racing and all this other shit like yeah. that. But, um, but yeah, if you care about thing. Nintendo... Man, I just want to pull up races, Isabel. That cracks me up. I mean, like little Animal Crossing yeah. carts. Like, yeah. that's... Yeah. Excuse me. Excuse it's me. A, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Just that alone. And, like, Animal Crossing-themed stages and stuff, I'm assuming... Well, that's the yeah. thing. It's not just, like, characters, the DLC for um, Mario Kart, but there will be, like, new themed stages. So I'm assuming there's going to be an Animal Crossing cart. There's going to be a Legend of Zelda track and stuff like that, too. So you'll be racing through Hyrule, which... And as beautiful as Mario Kart 8 was, it would be actually cute, cute to actually be driving through, like, Animal Crossing Country and, you know, like, Hyrule yeah. and all that stuff. It'll be, it'll, it should be super cute. Yeah. So. Yeah. Anyway, I am super jazzed. As well, you should be, my friend. That merits excitement. Did you see that the Nintendo actually announced that, you, 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 well, they're coming out with little figures that, like, you, you can place on top of the, the Wii U controller yeah. and stuff like that? They actually announced, like, and actually showed off the final version of those little figures. They're actually, like, crazy detailed. I know. I was looking at that, like, I kind of want a star fall. Yeah, Princess Peach <laughs> has, like, kind of crazy frill on her dress. Like, for, like, those yeah. tiny little figures, they actually look really nice. Yeah. Samus looks super badass. Yeah. Um, I, I threw down Amazon pre-orders for um, Animal Crossing Villager and Link and something. What was that? Someone else? Anyway, so, shut up. I think the smartest thing you can do is make those RFID figures attractive. Yeah. Because then even assholes who aren't playing a game... That's what I'm saying, because, like, the first game that's supposed to use that with is supposed to be Smash Brothers. I don't give a shit about Smash Brothers, but those figures are cute enough. Like, oh, Mario! That's the other one I want. You know, you gotta get a Mario, so... You gotta get a Mario. Mario, Even though they're, like, $13 a piece, but... Did you see the Instagram of the guy who does the voice of Mario? I don't know what he do. Have you seen this? All he does is put... He has these Mario and Luigi and Mario action figures, and he just wanders around making their voices, and he posts serious? like these little Instagram videos. I'll send a link to you. What else is he going to oh, do, I guess? What's that? Oh, it's a, it's a leaf biter. Is he, is he always in character? Is he doing anything lewd yeah. with this stuff? Or? No. Oh, no, 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 no. It's oh, just okay, sweet, okay, innocent, cool, okay. like, ridiculousness. It's very cute. That's pretty cute. Because I know he's like some kind of weird little old guy. Yeah. <laughs> If you want to hear Mario having a random commentary about being in Chile, then it's the way to go. I, oh, really? I, I assume yeah. that guy lives in Seattle, so I'd imagine, like, there must be people, like, hanging out at, like, malls and stuff who see this, like, weird, who don't know who this guy is, who sees this guy walking around, like, the shopping mall <laughs> with, like, little Mario figures going, ah, it's a me! <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Uh, 
new 3DS in October in Japan with the better 3D screen, slightly more powerful guts, and a little C-stick analog button thingy. Yeah, this is weird. Uh, mid-generation Nintendo actually putting out a more power, slightly more powerful 3DS. Uh, it comes. It's both uh, both in the in the original like like small screen size and also a brand new 3ds and like in like the XL size. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it's weird. Like instead of like a whole new thumbstick, it really is just like a tiny button that like I guess you can wiggle inside. It's like little little cradle. But so it's kind of two thumbsticks, but one's still really just kind of mm-hmm. like a weird like it's, it's almost like a 3ds clitoris that you're just kind of manipulating because it's kind of recessed, yeah. kind of weird little thing. And uh, the big news is that uh, software specifically designed for the new 3DS can't be played on the old 3DS. That's interesting. That's the, yeah, they're kind of splitting the market there, and uh, and they're, they're they're doing the weird thing where the 3DS the 3DS screen is supposed to be uh, better because the 3DS has that thing where if you just slightly off access from the screen, like the screen gets all the 3 3D effect gets all fucked up. Now uh, they're they're going to be using the camera that's built into the 3DS that's facing your face will actually track your face, so it'll adjust the screen somehow. So it'll make it harder for you to you to essentially become out of phase with the 3D effect. Hmm. Who knows how well that's going to work? But yeah, it's 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 weird that yeah it's going to be like an actual like practical upgrade that's going to split the market. And they already have like the 2DS they came out with last year. Yeah. Well, at least that still plays all 3DS games, but it's weird that like I have all these different versions of, of 3DS hardware out there. But yeah. But yeah, well, I guess that comes out in Japan in October and sometime. But I would imagine like uh, like January or February or March, early 2015 for America. But huh. yeah. Oh, the other weird thing was with that the the smaller version of the new 3D 3DS, you could actually take the cover off, the plastic hard shell cover off, and actually slap on new covers. Nintendo would hmm. be selling like you know Princess Peach or Animal Crossing themed covers, so the outside will. You know, you could actually have official... Rather than having to, like, buy, like, skins mm-hmm. or, like, buy new special editions of the 3DS just so it looks different, like, you'd actually just slap on, like, new faceplates, which is weird, That's too. cute. So, anyway. Monkey pants. Uh, Saints Row 4 is getting a next-gen port this January, along with the new expansion pack where you play as Johnny Gat fighting his way out of hell to save the boss. Bill, you neglected to note the best part of that uh, expansion pack, which is the title... Get out of hell. <laughs> People have made an interesting point this week where it's kind of weird how they keep on positioning Johnny Gat as being the center of the Saints Row universe, even though the boss is so much more of a psychopath. Because, like, every one of the games is like, oh, Johnny Gat, he crazy. He's going to fuck you up. He's our leader. But the boss is really the leader, and the boss is more fucking insane than Johnny Gat could ever hope to be. No matter even how you play as the boss, the boss is always kind of like a nutcase, but... Um, I really enjoy that in this DLC, your boss is the damsel. Yeah, which is... <laughs> That's kind of beautiful. Yeah, which is interesting because I guess you're not going to be playing as the boss, so you will be playing as Johnny Gat, which I've never done before, so... It'll be... I'll be I'm curious to see, because, I mean, the thing about the Saints Row is that who the fuck knows what their advertising resembles yeah. in the... Like, it could be called Gat Out of Hell, and it could be, like, you freeing the boss, and then you who as knows the what boss, that and Gat be, yeah. Johnny... Uh, fighting your way out of hell or something. I don't know. I was a little disappointed that hell just looks like Steelport with bread. Oh, of course it does. They're doing exactly the Enter the Matrix shit, all or Dominatrix shit all over again. Yeah, which is a bummer because just... Saints Row 4, like, this is going to be the third time we've been playing that version of Steelport. You know, because, if, yeah. If we want, like, a Saints Row game every other year, they're not going to build a dynamic new city every time. Although Saints Row 4 was essentially really what, I mean, that that's the thing. It was really, was, like, essentially just like, uh, uh, an expansion pack for Saints Row 3 on steroids, you think mm-hmm. by virtue of the fact that that game was essentially just a giant expansion pack for Saints Row 3, and that they're doing a remake, this would give them time to actually make a brand new, not even a new Saints Row game, but something else that's not just, like, something, like, brand new, but, I don't know. Not in this time frame, like, maybe in five years, but not yeah. not in, like, oh, two it's, years. It's been, like, two or three years. It's been, like, three years since Saints Row 3 came out. It's been long enough they could have put out something brand new. Uh, are you gonna pick this up? Of course I am. It's Saints Row. Yeah. I'm gonna give Saints Row my money. I'm always gonna give Saints Row my money. They've earned my oh they've my earned God. my soul. Saints Row Four is good though. Uh let's see. I don't know why I have an enemy to fight Kragor or who is the big alien monster guy again, but yeah. Firewatch reveal at PAX. Yeah, I watched this panel. It was really interesting. A first person wandering around the woods with big oaf hands while asking your box boss about what happened last night, simulator. Yeah, what is up with Go that notes. trailer where your character is just like 
Tell me what happened last night, Delilah. I don't want to talk about it. Tell me what happened last night, Delilah. Oh, Bill. It's about <laughs> inter- it's about it's about a relationship with the person. That's what. So are I you supposed to be that. dating Delilah? Or are you just like way too concerned Why, about her life? Play the game and find Delilah. out what mysteries will be revealed. No, Firewatch looks fucking beautiful. It does look like a moving uh, Ali Moss painting, though. So for those of those uh, those of y'all playing along at home, um, uh, this is a game from. Uh, two of the team members who are the essentially the showrunners, for lack of a better term, for yeah. um, Walking Dead at Telltale. Uh, Ollie, uh, a really awesome artist, Ollie Moss. Um, What's his name from uh, uh, Double Fine, too, right? The sound guy? Is that who it was? Uh, Chris Remo. Oh, oh Chris Remo. Yeah. Yeah, Chris Remo, who did Writing in the Cave, and also is an idle thumb along with Sean and Jake. Yeah. And um, It's a good team, uh, man. The programmer from Mark of the Ninja. Oh, really? And this, uh, uh-huh. Shit. It's the Nels they kept referring to. Okay. Um, this amazing lady modeler, whose name I'm forgetting. Yeah, she was on me. the panel. She was funny to hear from. And, yeah, this the guy who's doing all the first... It's interesting because it's a first-person game. And the guy who's doing all the animation for your hands and feet it just does the most amazing work. It's so yeah, awesome. Yeah, they were talking about how the reason they so hired him was because they had seen that they had done, a, like, a... He had done like a mod to Half Life Two, which was a full body awareness mod for. Uh, for well, What's he did space? a trailer where or he something redid like that. the Half Life trailer with, uh, with yeah, basically full body awareness. It's it's really it, it's going to be a hell of a thing. Basically, you have a lot of people who really care about gaming and who are kind of I don't want to say like at the top of the field, but they're like really smart people being I'm allowed to do a project because like resources. if taking place in the world in the woods would kind of suggest like not not that it would be skyrim like open world like skyrim where you can go anywhere do anything but that would kind of suggest that like there would be like a like large open spaces for you to explore and i wonder especially with this being a relatively small indie game it, it would behoove them to kind of keep you on a relatively narrow path especially well, if it's supposed to be so story driven being in a forest doesn't mean infinite space. Like, how I'm not many saying infinite, well, there's no game with infinite in? space, but I'm just saying, like, I don't know. It's it, it's going to be interesting how they manage space versus story yes. management yeah. and character guidance and player guidance. Yeah, I, I will be interested to see what happens there. I think by nature of being in kind of a mountainous area, that makes it a lot well, easier true, to have yeah. walls in the space and enclose things. But yeah. uh, mm-hmm. I'm really, I'm really curious about it. And what I'm really excited about it is that after doing, after watching their panel at PAX, Foley turns to me and goes, I don't know, maybe we, when's the Steam box coming out? Maybe we do need a PC for the living room. And I pretty much started drooling immediately. Are they announced <laughs> so, the console port of that? Oh, they're going to do, uh, it's going to be on uh, Mac and PC. Okay. So I'd be able to play it on my Mac, but it's the sort of thing where I would want to play in the living room with a with a gamepad yeah. on my TV and be able to share it with my wife. So. You and I should build a... You, we, we should try to... You know what? If either of us are going to try to build gaming PCs, we should probably do both at the same time. Or at, like, at least like maybe buy gaming PCs at the same time or something like that. Bitch, I'm going to throw money at a smart friend Who that was... build a gaming PC. That's what well, I'm going to do. Well, Grumpy Turtle keeps on offering both of us to build uh, PCs. And also, I was talking with someone recently, they actually pointed out a great, like, pre-built gaming box, which is really cheap and, like, supposed to be... I forgot who it was, but they were explaining about, like, this is, like... If you just want something that's pre-built that's also relatively cheap, this is what you should go for. But I forgot what yeah. it was, but yeah. Anyway, but yeah, no, Firewatch. Yeah, I'm like I this. I'm I'm not too worried about the story because the, these guys are good good with story. But yeah, a little more interesting to see what the, what the play mechanics are supposed to be. They're big, gruff, fucking st- stubby little fingered hands. So happy your sausage hands. Yeah, I wonder what so people happy. are gonna look like in that game because your hands are so kind of like Pixar-y, kind of like clubby, kind of like it makes yeah. Me so happy. Yeah. Uh, Phil Lord and Chris Miller are gonna try and remake the greatest American hero. <laughs> Which I thought this was a joke at first, but no, I guess this is their thing. Um, when is their new show coming out? Uh, I meant to look that up last night. I totally forgot. Yeah, that's supposed to be the show. I thought that was supposed to be out this fall. About the guy who's the last surviving uh, dude on Earth. Yeah, last man on Earth. Yeah. With uh, Will Forte. Which one's Will Forte? Is he Abe Lincoln? Uh, he, he was Jenna, Jenna Maroney's uh, impersonator that married married her on, on 30 Rock. Oh, okay. Oh, that That's, guy. Was, yeah. So wait, who plays Abe Lincoln? He was also Abe Lincoln Okay, it's Abe Lincoln on Clone High. Okay, yeah, yeah. And in the Lego movie. And live for two seconds in the Lego movie, yeah. Um, anyway, it's, I'm pretty excited about it. No news on when Last Man on Earth comes out? 
No, it doesn't. It just says 2014. If they're smart, uh, they'll do marketing push with Fallout 4 with that. <laughs> Are we going to get Fallout 4 announcement this Christmas at the VGAs? Who the fuck knows? Now? It'll happen when it happens. I accept that Fallout 4, like Red Dead 2, is going to be something that's going to happen at some point. Yeah. It's going to happen this generation, but yeah. It's a matter of like, when as opposed to... But if. you know what? I'm going to let them bake and let them take as much time as they want to make a good goddamn yeah, game. We are due for at least an announcement for Fallout 4, because even if they announce it like right now, like tomorrow, you know it's not coming out for like two years. And I'm okay with that because I want them to take time to make the best game they can as opposed to rushing me the game that I want in three years. No. <laughs> I'm just saying. Amazon brought Twitch and maybe bringing back the Ben Edlin, Patrick Orburton live action tick TV show. Yeah, Amazon kind of like lost its shit this week. Yeah, it's funny that yeah they bought, well, after all this talk about Google buying Twitch, that did not mm-hmm. happen. That's interesting. Yeah. So, well, it's, it turns out the big stumbling block there. It sounds like Google was on the verge of, they were just about to pull the trigger. It sounds like that wasn't just bullshit rumors, but it was funny because everyone just accepted like as pretty much as fact. Turns out there was some monopoly issues there mm-hmm. in terms of, which does kind of make sense that um, it would be a little weird that if Google owns YouTube, there was also like, yeah, like I could see from a government perspective, maybe a bit much if they're also going to own Twitch on top of that. Like, yeah, you're not allowed to owned too much in the way of, of overlapping media uh, things like that but yeah Amazon so instead. if we want to prevent a monopoly let's let Amazon buy it I know <laughs> well at least they can have competing monopoly like well, I, I, everyone's just assuming that this means while watching a twitch for an old game you could just like there'll just be a link at the corner of the screen where you can buy this game now and you know yeah yeah well, we'll see what happens. It makes sense. It's like a perfect. It's a venue filled with consumers. Well, that's so how can... that's how that's how people are expecting Amazon's going to fight. Uh, if companies are going to pl- uh, complain about, oh, you can't stream our content. That's our video game. That's how Amazon might come back and say, "Bitch, we can sell you a million copies of this game directly because we own mm-hmm. the distribute yeah. the thing that distributes half the copies of your game being out there." So you know, leave us alone. We'll just sell. Let us sell your shit. We're, this is essentially just commercials for the stuff we're selling. And um, it's interesting because it's it theoretically would be a, game, a way for um, streamers to monetize their streams. Maybe to some sort if, of if Amazon, Amazon wanted to do ad that, supporting. Yeah, yeah be interesting. that might be a little hopeful, but yeah, we'll see. Steve Carell has signed on to start a new Looney Tunes movie written by the guys who wrote X-Men First Class. What? Notes Bill? It's also, it's a shame, yeah. Bill notes, that they didn't hire John Krasinski instead, so they could have called it Space Jim. <laughs> Super good joke, Bill. Stan, I mean, Stan Carell's too old to be starring in a goddamn Looney Tunes movie. What the fuck? I like Steve Carell. He can be funny, but like... When I went to go see uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, they had a trailer before that for Alexander's, what is it, No Good, Awful, Very Bad Day movie, which is interesting because they made it... Like, the trailer was kind of amazing because it was it was almost like an SNL spoof of the kind of movie that it was. Yeah. Because it's like, like oh. what if what if rather than just Alexander having a bad day, what if his whole family had a bad day too? And what if their bad day brought them together? <laughs> and that's the trailer, really. It's just kind of like, I'm surprised the trailer doesn't end with the credits of the movie and like some kind of like inspirational song. <laughs> um... But yeah, the the writers from X Men First Class. You know what? I I I I Bill, I'm right there with you. I am oh, shocked. Oh no, 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 that no. A Looney Tunes live action movie would not have an amazing and sterling pedigree. I mean you can complain about that, but this is also the same thing. We also this is also the same year where the guys who direct community also made a really good Captain America espionage movie. <laughs> and that they that's how they started off the year, and now they just announced that they're going to be uh, coming back to Community Direct the season, the Yahoo exclusive season opener for Community. So, yeah, just being in charge of some kind of stupid superhero movie does not necessarily mean you can't do funny shit, but, yeah, I don't know, who knows, but, yeah. Also, what would you want from a, like, a new li- like, live-action hybrid Looney Tunes movie? Do you care about Space Jam? Are you one of those people who, who grew up no. thinking Space Jam was, like, fucking awesome? No. Okay, good. No, because this I is the reason why we're friends. Because Space Jam is bullshit. I grew up worshiping at the altar of like the old school yeah, Looney Tunes cartoons. Not the fucking basketball T-shirt with like the fucking Tasmanian devil like crossing his arms. 
Yeah, it's just not my... Really, what I would want from a Looney Tunes movie is just a high-res screening of classic Looney Tunes. You just want Tom Hardy and and Foley just making out while Looney Tunes characters just watch. That's exactly what I want. We say this as or on the video, uh, Foley's vamping up on on Annie. If you mean gently smelling my hair is vamping up, then yes, (laughs) that is exactly what's happening. I'm sure your hair does smell beautiful. Yeah, Annie, you always do smell nice. I'm always impressed by how nice you smell. Thanks. You smell like girl and strawberries. Strawberries. According to Nick Australia, book four of Legend Core is due to air by the end of January. Yeah! Which I'm excited for because just uh, the season three of Core was so good. Yeah, I need to, we need to catch up just because everyone... Yeah, I bought you the second... So like solid. I said, it is worth brute-forcing your way through the second season of Korra to get the, the uh, season three stuff. And Once you, I'm done with Teen Wolf, maybe uh, I'll watch some Cobra. Are you are you caught up to Teen Wolf to the point where you're watching episodes weekly like the, as they come out now? No. Oh, you're no, still catching up No, we literally just started season four, so we still have like ten episodes. I will pay you $10. I will actually pay you the $50 I owe you if you if you nope. catch up on Legend of Korra. Nope. Uh, in vaguely Korra-related news, Studio Mir, the Korean animation studio responsible for Korra, signed a deal with DreamWorks Animation to produce four new shows over the course of the next four years. The really interesting news is that uh, Mir will co-develop these shows rather than just be stuck blindly animating whatever Hollywood throws at them. Yeah, very. I'm assuming that their success with The Legend of Korra kind of helped them land this deal, where rather than... I heard something about the Korra team moving to DreamWorks. Yeah, this is what that is. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Uh-huh. And also, each each show, they're already locked in for 70, 78 episodes per show. So what's... I just knocked something over fully. It's fine. Oh, Annie's drunk. Oh, my God. That's right. Drunk on breakfast. It's okay. Well, I was worried that I knocked my Western Lego town over. It's, oh, no. Oh, my God. They'd be crying. It's all good. Okay. Um, so, but yeah, yeah no, so, it's, 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 it's cool that that studio mirror, that, that they're actually, like, yeah, not just, uh, got a contract to do a shitload of animation, but they're actually going to be creating TV shows now. Which is good, because, I mean, they had stopped working on Legend of Korra because of money, so I'm glad to see that they have not only money, but respect. Yeah, exactly. So I'm glad to see, even if, even if, uh, if this is the only good thing that comes out of the whole Legend of Korra thing and then that kind of whole Nickelodeon kerfuffle, that's really cool, because the studio mirror guys seem to be pretty fucking funny. Because, like, they're still knocking out sketches, like, Legend of Korra, like, animated GIFs and sketches in their free time of just, like, crazy, like, with, like, like ah, those guys are, yeah, I like, Studio Mirror seems like good people. Yeah. So, yeah, anyway. Universal is planning on tearing down the oldest standing soundstage in Hollywood, which still contains the opera house from the silent Lon Chaney 1924 version of the Phantom of the Opera, which has been using everything from the Sting to the Muppets. Yeah, that's a damn shame! Uh, which, uh, I guess it's been pointed out that place is pretty much made of asbestos. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, and, uh, uh, Universal Studios has come out and said now that they're actually going to try to preserve as much of the fan of the opera set as possible, while also still, they're still going to tear down that, that soundstage, but yeah. just because they need to get rid of the soundstage, it's falling apart, and, change, and like I said, they're just filled with asbestos, but, yeah, they're talking yeah. about how, like, whatever parts they can't save, they're going to 3D scan, so that at least be saved digitally, which is a great excuse to say, well, we saved it on a computer, we scanned it. <laughs> Dude, I'm just saying, as someone involved in preservation, that's a pretty damn good point. Oh, no, I'm not saying it, but it's funny that, like, and they're like, well, only 50% of it is actually from 1950, and the rest of it's all just been, like, burr, burr, burr. But yeah, I didn't realize, so I guess this is, in the Sting, this is the opera house where, uh, what's-his-face, like, uh, 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 Robert Redford's kind of, like, black buddies hanging out in. And yeah, I guess this in in the Muppet movie that came out like two or three years ago. This is this is the Muppet theater that they're all trying to save in the movie and stuff. Which I didn't realize they were still filming on that set. I knew that set was yeah. still standing, but I didn't realize. I thought it was just a museum piece. I thought it was like you know just like no one had touched it in like fifty that's years. Nuts. But, but that's crazy. That thing's almost a hundred years old and it's still standing. Not gonna be standing for much longer. That's, but that's pretty much. Yeah, dude. it's crazy that it was even still there. Yeah, I'm from the silent. Lon Chaney shit. The one, the, yeah. the, the 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 footage that everyone knows where he's like, where it like takes his mask off and is like, Rah! I mean that's that place. That's fucking crazy. It's weird to think any of that shit still exists. Anyway, wah wah. And on that note, hey everybody, this is the Boy Hattie Podcast. Uh, I'm Annie. That's Bill. We're at boyhattiepodcast.com. 
uh, at Boy Hattie Podcast on the Twitters. Howdy at BoyHattiePodcast.com is a place you can email us if you're so inclined. We'll be back next week to talk about more pop culture garbage and about more pop culture items that are being torn down even as we speak. I'll be tracking my Destiny shipment from Amazon with beta breath. You know, man, I, I have pre- Destiny pre-ordered too. I should probably cancel that shit just because I have so many no! visitors. No, no, no. I'm still going to pick up Destiny. I know, I know. But I'm going to have guests from mid-September to mid-October nonstop in my house. When are your first guests showing up? I should remember that right now, but... You'll have time to play Destiny before they show up, and then you could show them Destiny. That You know what? Them playing Destiny is what they do while they're not fucking with you. They'll give them... It's a shiny toy that you let them play with. There we go. There's to that. get them off your goddamn back. There we go. Yeah. There we go. Anyway. So I can go take a nap or something. Alright, friends. We'll talk to y'all next week. Okay. Take care, guys. Look at what's happened to me I can't believe it myself Suddenly I'm up on top of the world It should have been somebody else Believe it or not, I'm walking on air I never thought I could feel so free you